You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. In the name of Jesus, everything that is hitting their mind by tradition, popular opinions, let the word of God peel it off. May it be torn apart. Illuminate their minds and their hearts. Let the gospel of grace fill their hearts and minds. May they look at only one mirror the mirror of Jesus Christ. May they never see themselves in any other image apart from that image. Jesus, the Christ, our Lord. We thank you that at the end of this, the glory goes to the Father through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Wow. I am continuing with Confession of sin. Confession of sin. I told you that there are two major scriptures on the confession of sin. And so, when I started the foundation, I knew that as I was talking and I was talking, those scriptures were in your mind. And I'm sure they'll be giving you some torture. And you feel like, but we have quoted this scripture several times on confession of sins. And anytime you are praying, you are going to confess your sins, that's the scripture you quote. Is that not true? Yeah. So definitely, 1 John 1, 8 and 9 will be very, very, very important. If we are not able to scrutinize it, it will give you some problems with this kind of teaching that I am teaching. But how many of you were convinced to a point that you don't need to confess your sins? How many of you? So now when you're praying, pray. Your sins have been forgiven. Amen? Yes. And I said so many things that if, if we have to confess our sins, as a matter of fact, everything you do as a human being, there's a sin in it, factor in it. There's a sin component in it. So on the day of rapture, how are you going to be raptured? What it means is that when Jesus is coming, within a twinkle of an eye, would you have time to say, forgive me? Then you become righteous. And then you can be raptured. So you, you live in total liberty 
not because of what you have done, but because of what Christ has done. And Christ takes away our sin once for all. So he is not like the high priest of the Old Testament where we have to repeatedly offer sacrifice of sin. He did it once and for once and for once and for so the moment you say the general confession when you come to Christ, you are done. But if there's something that is actually worrying you and you feel like, oh, you want to just say it and ask for help from him, go ahead. But confession of sin is not a condition for your prayer to be heard or for you to be accepted by God. He has already accepted you in his beloved. Hello. Did you hear that? Okay. So I'm going to deal with the scripture that you already know. But I need to give you a brief background to that scripture. Now, in those days during the Roman Empire, you know that the Jews were under the Roman slavery. So they were actually in captivity during that time. And they felt that actually Jesus had come to redeem them from that political struggle. So for them, they saw Jesus as a political leader. And so they were very disappointed. They didn't know that he was spiritually coming to redeem man. And so that all the world shall now look to Jesus. So that God will not be a special case for only Israel. But then he will save all mankind. Now, during those days after Jesus was dead, buried, resurrected, and had ascended, the disciples or the apostles started preaching the gospel. And the gospel started going very far. But then there was a popular belief. That became a problem. And it was confusing. So that those who were actually being born again and had accepted the gospel still had some problems. Because of this popular belief, it was called Gnosticism. Those people were called Gnostics. And the Gnostics had a belief. And that belief was in contrary was in contradiction with the gospel. And so, Apostle John, in the beginning of his letter, had to address that. Praise God. What are the beliefs? The beliefs of the Gnostics, or Gnosticism, takes on two branching views. Now, the first view is this. Only spirit is pure. All matter is evil. Only spirit is pure. All flesh is evil. Now, so for the Gnostic, God cannot become man. Hello? Because only spirit is what? And anything that has flesh attached to it is what? Evil. 
So they had a struggle as to God becoming man. That you say Jesus came. And so if we believe that only spirits are pure and anything that has flesh is evil, then how can God become man? Hello. Did you hear that? Did you understand it? So definitely, they will fight the gospel. So Apostle Paul had to make sure that he dealt with that. Because if you are a Christian and you are in those days and there's this popular belief, definitely it will affect you. Hello? Yeah. It will affect you. And we still have some of those beliefs today. Is that right? The Jehovah Witnesses have about a similar belief like that. That's why they don't accept Jesus as God. They see Jesus as a messenger, but not as the son of God. And Jesus as God. No, they don't. Yes, they don't. So if you look at their Bible, in the beginning, John chapter 1, verse 1, they changed it. Yeah. If you read their Bible, that, that particular scripture is different. Because they don't accept it. That Jesus is God. Alright. So. One side believed that only spirit was good. And all matter was evil. So they forbid people to indulge in anything worldly. They couldn't imagine Jesus taking on a mortal body. Thinking he was only a spirit. And they didn't believe we could have fellowship with So, Apostle John would have to buttress his point with this verse. 1 John chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. He says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. So he was telling them that you are trying to argue this out. But what you are trying to argue out, that Jesus is not God, we have seen this Jesus. We have touched this Jesus. Are you getting the point? And so we have encountered him and experienced him face to face. It is not a theory that we are propounding this is Gafili. And that's why he says, you see, if you are dealing with those people, you are careful. So he said, that which was from the beginning. He's referring to the beginnings of the beginning. The one that began it all. We have seen him. We have looked at him. And our hands touched him. And he says, he is the one we preach. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. Watch the next verse. 
now, he's taking the word from there. And he said, this what? This God who became man, in other words, this life. So he's calling Jesus flesh. This life appeared. We have seen it. And testify to it. And we proclaim to you that which was with and has appeared to us. Hallelujah. Listen. Anytime you have this, ah, this Jesus thing they are talking, is it a fiction? It is not fiction. It is real. People have seen him. People have touched him. People have ate with him. History has it clear. So it is not something that is just, he said, is the Bible. No, history has it. That there was a Christ, Jesus. As a matter of fact, the reason why they call history, history, is because of his story. So there was no history before him. His story. That's why Apostle John said, from the beginning, the one who was from the beginning, you cannot detach beginning from him. Everything else in life is an addendum. It came as an interjection. He is the beginning. has appeared to us. Let's go to three. He said, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may also have fellowship and our fellowship is with the and with his hallelujah. So, 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 so he says, listen to me. You don't know him, but we know him. So number one, God became man. So if you think that it's only spirit that appeal, God became flesh. And that flesh is pure. And you can have fellowship with that flesh. Hello. Are you getting the point? You can have fellowship. You can have fellowship. And that's why he says that we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may also have what? So was he talking to believers? Aha. So you see, when you are doing what we call exegesis, interpreting scripture or exposing scripture. You look at the pre-text, the text before, and then you look at the post-text, the text after. The pre-text will give you the premise. Are you getting the point? The post-text will help you to understand the consistency. 
so that you can have the context of that particular scripture. Alright? So, you can see, he said, our fellowship, when you say that, it is only spirits that appeal. And therefore, you can't have fellowship. You can't have any interaction. We have seen him, heard him. And our interaction and fellowship is with the Father and with his Hallelujah. Is that clear? Okay. Now, take me to the next slide. Now, you can realize that he said we write this to make our joy what? Our joy what? Because if you're not careful, some of these things, they take your joy away. Because your joy is in the authenticity of your faith. The moment somebody makes you feel that your faith is not authentic, it takes away your joy. Because everything you do in life is determined by the bedrock of your faith. That is where your inspiration and your perspiration comes from. What inspires you to do what you do comes from your faith. So the moment your belief is questioned, it takes away the wind out of the sea. And you lose hope in life. You lose joy in life. So he says, I am telling you this so our joy will be... Okay, let's go. What is it that Jesus... What is it? Is this it? Which is that Jesus actually came from the flesh. I just summarized it for you so that if you want to write, you can write. Number two, that we can have fellowship with... So now he's dealt with that. He's dealt with that. Let's graduate. The second view. I told you that they have two views. First, all spirit is pure. Matter is... Okay, go. Their second view is that nothing is evil. Nothing is evil. I would explain that. Nothing is evil in the sense that if we have been made in the flesh, and the flesh is evil. Then the natural life is evil. So it nullifies evil. If I'm living evil, I was born to live evil. So nothing is evil. Evil then is not an abnormality. Are you getting the point? Uh-huh. So they are saying that, ah, I was made flesh. All matter, all matter, matter, you know matter. All flesh is evil. So, if I am, <laughs> I am living evil, everything on earth is evil. So, evil is, is normal. Hello. Hello. All right. So, John had to speak to that. In 1 John 1, 5 to 7, he said, this is the message we have heard from him. 
and declare to you, God is light. So, you know that you came. He didn't say Jesus. He said, you're, according to your belief, God is a spirit. But the spirit you believe in is life. Hello? If he is light, and you came out of him, how can you walk in darkness? Are you getting the point? So, God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. So, as much as you say that you are flesh and you are evil, then it doesn't make you a child of the God of light. Hello. Am I preaching? I want you to reason with me. This is the message we have heard from him. And declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at next. So, he said, if we claim to have fellowship with him, and yet walk in darkness, we do what? And do not live out of there. So, if you say that God is a spirit, and as for God, who is the spirit, you are a child of God, then how can you say that you walk in darkness? Then you are a liar. Then you don't know the spirit God you are talking about. So it's, you are living a lie. Are you getting the point? So, no. What John is trying to do, he's Making them understand that they are confused. And, and, and most of the people that argue out some of these things, by the time you take them to the bottom, you realize that they are confused in themselves. They don't know what they are talking about. When I'm thinking, I am very reflective. So I make sure my reflection is holistic. So I look through and through. I mean, think I don't just accept things. And anybody around me know that knows that I think so much into things and make sure I get the authenticity of it before. Okay, let's go to the next. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with. And the blood of Jesus, his son. So John is telling them that listen to me. If you know this God you are talking about. This God also knows that matter has been infuriated with sin. Because the image and the original image is light. But matter was And the moment that happened, God made a provision. And the provision is his son. Are you getting the point? So that his son comes to purify us from all. So yes, you have a, a cause to believe that man, matter, has been made evil. But God has brought a remedy. Hello? There's a remedy. 
And he said, Jesus, his son, purifies us from all I don't want to eat the this thing before we get there. But even right from here, he tells us what Jesus does when we get born again. He does not purify us stage by stage. We are good students. <laughs> he purifies us from what? All, 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 all. So he's actually emphasizing on the one for all action of Jesus. One for all. All right. Now, they take their thought to the next level. The next level. Watch this. Right after what he addresses the flip side, he said, which is this belief that there is no what? There is no... So, the first one he's taking care of. They said nothing is evil. And that nothing is evil, they are saying that then you can do evil. And evil is right for you. Under that same thought, they are saying that then sin, there's nothing like sin. Forget it. So, there's no sin. Because man is evil. So, evil is man. So, the, the thing you call sin is not sin. Get the thought. The same thought but it branches in two different ways. And you have to really think hard. First, they are saying that man is evil. And because man is evil, man does evil. So man will do evil. If you see man doing evil, it's normal. So man, do evil. What it means is that man can do right. And then they develop the thought to say that, okay, if man and evil is the nature, is the normal, then what you call sin, because sin is missing the mark, then it is no more missing the mark. So don't call it sin. Because man is leading their cause. So it is not sin anymore. It is their life to live. Do you understand? Do you understand? So, 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 so they are saying that don't call it that I missed it, that I did wrong. As far as they are concerned, we don't do wrong. There's nothing like sin. I don't know how people can believe this. So, Apostle John comes in and says, 
if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Hello. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Do you know why? Because every human being in your private life, right within you, when you do wrong, you don't feel right. Nobody should be there to tell you. You know. So, you can't say that there is nothing called sin. It's not true. Because the moment you sin, you know. And you feel terrible. Hello. So, he said, if you claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Continue. That's when he says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from This is where the verse came from. <laughs> so he was not talking to believers. He was talking to the Gnostics. And he was telling them that this is your thought. That there is nothing like sin. If you claim that you don't. And you don't. You live without sin. In this world, there's nothing like sin. The truth is not in you. So better know that somebody has paid for your sin. So he was talking about the first confession that we make when we come into Christ. So he was exhorting them that confess your sins. And when you confess your sins to him, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all on. So if he will purify us from all unrighteousness, why do you go back to confess? <laughs> why, why do you go back? Why do you go back? So you are saying that <laughs> you, are, you are saying that he forgave you half. Or and kept. Are you here with me? He forgives you. All. Purifies you from all. Everybody say all. Tell them all. Tell them all my sins have been taken care of on the cross of Calvary. Tell them it's been done with. Tell them it is finished. When Jesus said it is finished, he was not joking. He was not joking. 
it is finished. He didn't say it was. It is. Wherever you come in the line of history, it is finished. Like the Gnostics, the moment they confess, he said, it is done. Now you can have fellowship. You can have fellowship with the Father. Amen. Give me the next slide. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar. And his word is not in. Amen. He referred the word to who? Jesus. Are you getting the point? He says, then his word is not in you. So if he comes into you, he will purify you from all your sins. Amen. Give me the next slide. So you can obviously see that this verse is referring to the first confession or general confession to receive who? Christ. All right. Next. So here he's not saying we must continually confess sin. He's not asking them to distinctly confess every individual sin, but to confess to have, to have having sin period in their, are you getting the point? Yes. A holistic sense. It is once for all. There was a period you lived in sin. But in one moment in your confession, you were transited into the kingdom of light. You are there. You are not here. You are either holy or not holy. There is the boundary. And the boundary is the first confession. The moment you confess, you move from that boundary. You are in another kingdom. Don't go back into the other kingdom. Because you can never go back there until you renounce him again. Next. So this addresses the belief Noxus had that there was no such thing as what? Sin. What John is saying that if you don't believe you have sinned, you will not seek Christ's forgiveness and you will miss your salvation. Is it clear? Alright. I want to show you the next chapter of first john the next chapter of first john in other words the chapter two look how at how the chapter two starts what did he say So now he's writing to the believers. So he calls them, my dear children. Hello? Hello? Good. And then, in their course of being matter, so they can sin, he didn't tell them, confess. He said, but if anybody sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Yeah. 
Bible. You are dead. So straight away, you can see the focus. The focus is now to the believers. And he addresses them as children. My dear children. So now those who are in the faith. For you, this is your provision. If anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. In other words, an advocate, you know an, an advocate? There's a lawyer who is speaking on your behalf. So don't worry yourself. Don't come and speak for yourself. He's speaking for you. Do you understand me? And he qualifies his attribute. Jesus Christ. The. Not a. A definite article. The. From today, I decree that every bondage is broken. Every barrier in your mind is broken. I decree that you shall walk in the liberty for which Christ has bought you. You will know that your advocate is always advocating on your behalf. May you walk in the freedom of the liberty of your redemption. May grace always call upon you. And may you find grace in his sight. Come boldly before the throne. Don't come weak. Don't come frail. Don't come timid. Don't come afraid. Come boldly. Because your advocate is there on your behalf. the pointers after I've explained them already. I just put them there. So if you're writing notes, you can help yourself. So he refers to them as what? In other words, he's now addressing he never told them to confess their sins. If they sinned, he told them they have an He tells them, if anybody does sin, you have an advocate with her. He explains that if we do sin, we are already what? <laughs> Praise Jesus. Put your hand on your head and say, mercy. <laughs> Sometimes I sit down and I weep because I'm, I'm very sure if I knew some of these long before, where I would be 
will not be healed. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Because most Christians are weak. Because our spirits are weak. And our minds are weak. We are burdened with the yoke of guilt. And that's what the devil is doing. We shall break every yoke by the living word of truth so you can walk in the liberty that Christ has brought you. Hallelujah. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth.